Hello, and welcome to the Pinecast. Joining me as usual is Joseph. You can follow him on Twitter at I Hate Your Club. And Kyle, the one and only Huff Nasty. You can follow him on Twitter at AnfieldCat420. Good to have you guys on. Kyle, great to have you back. Good to be back. You know, it's been a tumultuous rise since the last time that we last spoke here on the podcast with you on the Pint. Um, and it's been all really only one-way traffic for you, and we've been plummeting in the opposite direction. Say la vie. Yeah, it is what it is. Joseph, you and I, we haven't spoken since what? It was beginning of the season, right? We basically did a preview. We haven't been on since. I think mean, I think part of it was just being fucking depressed with how bad we were playing. It was well, well, yeah. There was nothing to talk about. I mean, everybody else was covering it pretty, pretty well. Right. And how many times can you say Emery out? You know. How many times can you say it's not getting any better? So let, let's let's start there, since we haven't spoken about it for quite a while. Uh, Jay, give me your thoughts on how the process and how long it took, and basically what what you know, the way the way I Arsenal can't handled. Believe it lasted so long, right? I mean. We've seen other teams. I remember what was at Palace at the beginning. Was it last year or the year before where they had DeBar and within like a month, he was out. He was their brand new coach and he was out within a month. So, so, how, so how much sooner would you have done it? Like weeks, months? The, the international break, right? Before it was done. I mean... So that was, that was, that was what, a month? One, we, we had, what, three international breaks in between that time, right? Coming out of each of those international breaks, we lost one or two games. He had time to work with the the you know work with them on the training pitch he he had time with them and each time they came out worse it got worse after every break so i can't believe they gave him another break they should have just cut him off yeah they definitely didn't um <clears throat> didn't cut ourselves clean from that nearly early enough i think i probably i think i knew and even though i knew the team weren't going to do it yet right like what like probably was probably like september you just felt that it was it just wasn't going to happen you know like this is not yeah, you're I, not going to come back i think back it still from had it. yeah I, I, I think it was hopeless. I was probably in October. I wasn't. I wasn't as quick. I, I still had some ridiculous amount of hope that, not that we would play like it was good. Like something would finally click, right? Uh, Pepe in for two months and the new players in. And, right, getting the getting the fullbacks know. back. Right, it was like oh right, the fullbacks are going to be back and holding will be back in training and you got all these guys hopefully back at least in training. So you, in my mind, I thought. Maybe some of these players were better than they are, and it would lift us. But he was so horrible, and then the whole—it was just tumultuous, right? It wasn't just him; it was Jaka. It was players saying they don't want to play in position. It was—it it was just out of control. So I can't believe they let it go so long. Yeah, the disharmony was quite evident because I—I I, I, like you. The one thing that I was holding out in the beginning was that, well, we know these players are better than the way than what they're showing us. But that's also, you know, when you have an underperforming squad, the only person that that has to wear the brunt of that, you know, that blame is has got to be the manager because, you know, he's not doing anything to get them. You know, the, the the style of football was terrible. It was horrible to watch. Like I didn't want to wake up for the early matches. Uh, we still haven't really recovered. But <laughs> right. It, it was bad. It was bad. It was really. I I mean, I'm not a tactician. I, I could give a shit about stats, but just watching it. Like, it was just, uh, it was just apathy, right? Just like, ah, I watched the game, we lost, we tied, whatever. I think, I think I just need to bet the draw on every Arsenal game for the rest of the season because you get pretty decent odds on a draw and the amount of fucking times that we just don't, you know, either if we have the lead, we concede a late one. 
you know, and it's one, one, nil, nil, all this bullshit over and over and over again. Like we'd have to, we're, what do we draw? We're drawing at least 50% of our games, right? That we have more draws than wins or losses. We have more draws. Yeah. I can't (laughs) believe. We've never done this. Never in my, you know, I, I can't believe how difficult it is for us to score. I have never seen one of our teams. We've sucked plenty. We've given up 60 goals or whatever. But we, but but we, we score scored goals. 90, right. right? Right. Are we going to score 60? I don't know. I don't know what we're at, but it can't be much. Uh, imagine if Martinelli wasn't scoring, if it was just only a bombing. Well, we're, I mean, other than the last six weeks, it really is, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and Lacazette has to wear a lot of that. Like that's it is on the manager, but a guy like a guy like him has got to find his goals. So that's been, but it's, it's been the whole squad because we had breaks, international breaks, and I know it was a different manager. I don't know how much hope I have that these week and a half is going to help or not with some of these. Right now, Kyle, what did you think? I mean, you looking at it as an outsider, you know, definitely enjoying some of my misery. But uh, you know, I know you don't. I know you don't hate us, you know, like that. But, but I mean, but how did how did you, how did we look to you? I mean, like Emery as a character, Arsenal as a team. I mean, we for us, I really felt like we didn't feel <clears throat> like ourselves, like very out of character. You know, it's an interesting uh, combination. The amount of money that you spent on forward-thinking players, Lacazette was stolen underneath our nose, and I think a lot of people. Um, on Mersey's side, we're, we're disappointed whenever he didn't come over whenever he did. He looked like he was the the poacher that we've been missing, you know, since the absence of Luis Suarez. Um, obviously, Emery has given us a lot of trouble in the past. And with the talent that you have in that squad, um, with a manager of that caliber coming in, it's really a case of square peg through a round hole. It looks like on paper it should add up. And sometimes when the stars don't align, you you do just need that change. But he was but he was a fucking simp. He looked so miserable on the sidelines. Like everything, like his body language, like everything I saw about that man made me like I was just like I just didn't believe in him. And and the thing is that you know it's you know the thing about the dressing room, right? Like if you can't convince that you know if you're not believable, like how are you going to get these people to run through walls for you? And and it, to me, like, especially once he was under scrutiny, he just looked like this little fucking weasel shriveling, you know, at these press conferences and not wanting to answer questions. And he looked like he was fucking squirming, like a little bad schoolboy or some shit, you know? Absolutely. And I mean, I think you, you can lose the locker room. Um, you can still have the blessing of the board. But whenever you really start to see it affect everything and be completely toxic is whenever you lose it in the stands, right? Whenever the fans stop believing is whenever it becomes pervasive through the entire club and it becomes detrimental on all fronts. So a change needed to be made. Unfortunately, I think the position that you found yourself in, it was a rebound guy. I think a lot of other clubs have tried to find a quick fix to having a long-term manager come in, try to right the ship. However, you brought a high-profile person in that hasn't been proven in, in England. So was he the right guy? Maybe, definitely at the wrong time. No, um, he, he was a, he was the wrong guy. I think we can we can say that, that we, we can settle that that was not the right guy. And, but you also understood why. I mean, look, Arteta was supposed to take over when Emery came in. Like that was already supposed to happen. But Emery came in with his dossier of you know all of his his 
you know, tactics and his fucking, you know, thumb drives of all this film that he watched and his little shit to be prepared. You know, he showed that, you know, a long time coaching, well prepared, doing all this stuff, but it's just, it just didn't work. It smells like a Roy Hodgson situation where you have someone that's supposedly tried, tested, and true in the league, a uh, respected manager on all fronts um, around Europe, is going to come in and be able to do a decent job. Now, it took really a couple managers after we had Roy to to get the club moving in the right direction again. And these are very, very dark times. You know, I, I guess you said you had Arteta lined up right after Arsene left. Why didn't it happen right afterwards? And I think that's the difference right well, now that Liverpool it's, it's football clubs though. are starting to look at that years in advance before Jurgen leaves. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's it's important. And but it's also one of those things that generally any anyone that comes in, it's a bit of a poison chalice. It's always a poison chalice coming in after like the longest tenured, most historic, greatest manager we've ever had, right? Like the guy who has to come in after Klopp, it's a tough fucking Tough shoes to fill for you guys, for anyone, everywhere. At Dortmund, they've had trouble with it, even when they got in a guy who was supposed to be so good in Tuchel, you know, but... Look what's happening yeah, Paris right now. Yeah, it's happening at PSG, yeah. the same thing. And people people wanted him to come to Arsenal, and I was always just like, I don't know. I didn't really... Didn't ever really work for him at Dortmund. You know, they were still good, but they weren't they weren't winning the league the way, the way Klopp was able to. Um, but yeah, it was just... It was drastically different. So the Freddie Lundberg experiment... Um, I, I feel that definitely brought the fans in a little bit more. Do you think that going with a high-profile manager on the tail end of a legendary figure such as Arsene Wenger in, in your club's history, uh, should it not have happened? Should it have gone to a, a club legend that was going to regain the, the support of the fans and maybe appease a, a bit more of the, of the board, which is a little shaky at times with y'all? Look, I, I didn't think it was a terrible appointment when it happened. Like, that was okay. Um, I think doing the, I think we've seen a market improvement in just the general direction since Arteta's come in. Like, I understand why, like I said, they made that decision initially, but you know, this guy's being groomed under Pep Guardiola, right? Considered one of like, you, you would say currently the two top managers in the world would be Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp, right? Those are the two that are having the most success in the past decade. Well, Jurgen's built clubs, whereas Pep's obviously inherited them with match right, winners right, right, and right, everyone yeah, in inheriting the squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, well, you know, you know, I'm, I'm rock and roll, rock and roll football. That's that's my shit. Like, and we all, every club, we knew it when you guys when you guys got rid of Brendan and brought him in, it's because the opportunity presented itself and your management, you know, took the opportunity because that's when they could get them. You know, otherwise, Man United or Arsenal or someone that would have fucking done it, or Chelsea would have come in and done it for him. I like Man United were courting him. Yeah, absolutely. Beforehand, absolutely. that's been yeah reported. Yeah, that, sure. that's well, yeah, well documented. But I mean, I think that was the 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 obvious choice for for any club, and especially for for Arsenal and Man United um, coming out of the two longest, most successful managers. I mean, um, look at the rebuilding phase that happened after you know the greats for Liverpool Football Club. Um, it, it's really a no-brainer, and it, it takes time, especially with the modern game. The, it's a different game than it was in the 80s, as it was opposed to the 70s. And know, the VAR experiment a, is, yeah, has it, changed the game, 100%. Yeah, and and we, will, we will get to VAR a little later. Um, Joseph, your thoughts on, um, on what we've seen from Arteta so far? It's not great, right? It's fine. It's more stable. There seems to be a little bit... Uh, I don't know. The players are putting more effort, but... 
the results have to start coming, right? I mean, the fans were patient with Emery, and the players, for a period of time, they were putting in the effort. There just wasn't, they were seeing zero results. There was nothing to reinforce the effort they were putting out. And Arteta needs to start getting some results. Just, just to, I mean, number one, we need wins, but just overall to keep the players buying into what he's doing. So hopefully they're enjoying the uh, pressure of training every day and competing every day so that they can get a place in the team. But we got to start scoring goals because I don't, I don't think we can keep lasting with, you know, maybe a, scraping a one nil win or drawing every damn week or every other week. So it's been fine. I'm enjoying it. it I, I hope it gets a lot better and I'm patient, but it's still not pretty. We're not creating a lot. So, I mean, in a season with so few positives for us, what would you be, what, what has been the standout thing for you? Is there anything in particular, a, a player's play, you know, a, a prospect coming through? I can think of one or two people that have at least been bright spots for me. Well, I mean, they're, they're exciting. I mean, Martinelli's exciting. Saga's exciting. Those players are, are very exciting. But we've been here before, so... You know, maybe they have a little, maybe they have the something extra and and I hope it gets better and develops, but I'm not going to put any hope or anything on either one of them for this season. I mean, I, whatever they do is extra. Those aren't the players that are supposed to be performing. Those are the players that should be on top of what we're already doing. And uh, so that's exciting and I'm hopeful. We're hopeful every year. That's why we start out. We start every year, you know, like we thought, well, maybe we'll get fifth and we're in 10th or 11th or whatever. So we always have hope because otherwise we'd stop watching. Um, but which is what, which is what but, started to happen in around October, right? I mean, really, like there was a time where it's like, uh, I'll set, I'm not even going to set my alarm. If I wake up for it, I wake up for it. And I, you know, I missed a match and I, you know, I had to watch it later. But, you know, we fucking lost one little some trash team. And I was like, dude, like, thank God I didn't wake up for this shit. Because it was it was miserable, but I still woke up for many of those. Well, games. I, I I did just, for most of them. I, I just, just would walk away. I mean, I would just walk away halfway through and go go outside and pick up dog crap or something, and hope it would be better. And then sometimes, you know, we'd come back and, and tie, tie a match, yeah. and that would be the excitement. Right. So, Two nil down, like oh, we salvaged a draw against. Burnley. We salvaged a draw. You know, I got to say, I, I was uh, extremely impressed. I think it was late October, um, the League Cup uh, matchup. A uh, bunch of kids out there. No Van Dyke. Um, really not our, our heavy hitters out there. Um, game ends up going, what was it, 5-5? Five, five? Yeah, Something yeah. like that goes to, goes to a shootout. Depends, and, yeah. and, and Martinelli had a great game for us then. In that and one. Martinelli was the real standout performer in that game, which I believe at that point was still under... Uh, it was under Emery. Yeah. Under Emery. So, um, you know. I think Martinelli had a hat trick in that game. Or at least two, right? Like two, two, two and an assist brace. or something like that. Yeah, yeah I think two and a missed penalty, I think. He had a missed penalty, yeah. Which but. was the deciding factor. But, you but know, I, those I think kids were. Probably the most exciting match we've had in the League Cup. <laughs> right. Because we haven't scored five goals between two games. <laughs> right, right, I mean, exactly. Not continuously for sure. And it was definitely the kids that were there to, to make the step up on a big stage. And I thought that was going to be. Should you have won that game? I thought that was going to be a turning point for your season with the way it was going at that point. We have had those hopeful turning points. <laughs> like, like 
it, with Emery, you know, it would be like every couple of weeks, ooh, they, they're finally, it looks like they're putting it together. They, maybe they're buying in. Maybe they figured it out. And it, it would, it just wasn't. It, you know, he made a lot of mistakes in the dressing room. He made, made a lot of mistakes. So he was a little bitch. He didn't help himself. He was a little bitch. That's, that's it. I, I'm tired of that motherfucker. So hey, good, good riddance. Is, you know, with managers and whether you're talking about your employment or, or a team, like, all managers aren't don't possess everything, but when you don't, you got to surround yourself with someone who is, if I'm not a great individual motivator, then one of your assistants needs to be the best motivator ever. You, you know, if, if you're, a, yeah. You and, know, and a Sawyer or whatever, I heard they liked him, but you know, it's if, if the, but if you don't believe the big guy, then who gives a fuck? All right. Like so bad. Quick question real quick on, on just, uh, you know, where you're, where you're currently at under Arteta. Um, Personally, he's always going to be an Everton player in, in my head. Um, every Merseyside derby is always very, very involved. His time at Arsenal seemed like it was a real swan song for him, where he was almost kind of you no, know, senior I, I, player. I think, I think that's unfair for the first few seasons for him. Like he was, like I wasn't so sure. What did he got? What did he get there in twelve? Around yeah, 12? around then yeah. I think he has just over about a hundred appearances for Arsenal, but there's a, a he had, what, like, obvious... he had, what, he had like three hundred for Everton or something though, right? He was there uh, for a long time. No, it, it, one two, over one fifty, I think. Okay. So you know the mentality that that club might have of kind of that working class, really you know playing to the whistle type of thing. I'm wondering is is this something that is not being pulled from say a Manchester City? locker room under Pep or, or not being, um, you know, gathered from his time at Arsenal, but really of, of fighting it out in the middle of the table and, and telling these kids to make the step up and, and play with a little bit more heart. Well, I mean, I, I think, I think all those things factor into it. And I, like, I really like the pool that he draws from in terms of that, that's that footballing education, right? So La Masia product, right. Spent big chunk of his, of his career in Everton, then Arsenal, and then, Working under Pep at Man City, you know, doing doing it Pep's way, well, uh, you know, he, and and he, and and went, working under Arsenal, like working with Arson, like that's a, that's a pretty good pedigree of people that he's worked with, you know, to be able to develop a footballing philosophy around. So, go go on, Joe. What do you what do you think? Yeah, you know, plus I mean, before he got to Everton, he was he was at different places too. So I mean, he went and worked to get to Arsenal, right? He 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 like yeah. I said he went he put in the work. So that he could get yeah. Ever ever since ever, ever since he left the academy at Barcelona, he was fighting at low from lower positions, right? Like he was never even considered for the Spanish, you know, midfield, right? Until he was already Kajabi Alonso, right? You, you guys had him, and it was basically, you know, not not exactly like for like, but it was that that was the spot in the squad, and he was never going to usurp him. You it was know? a golden era for a lot of Spanish midfielders. De- definitely, I think. Absolutely. yeah. You're, you're, yeah, yeah you're, you're stuck behind you know him and Fabregas and Iniesta and, and Javi. It's pretty pretty fucking deep. He's definitely not the run-of-the-mill uh, Spanish midfielder, you know, no. and especially with a lot of the places that he that he spent time at. I think at Rangers as well, right? So yeah, he was at Rangers. He was at PSG, right? So I mean, did he ever break into uh, Barcelona's first team? I don't know if he, I don't know if he ever made As any senior academy appearances. Kid. He was an academy kid. I don't know if he ever made any first team appearances. Okay. Um, just the last thing on, on Emery. Was there anything that he improved over those two years other than his teeth? <laughs> His like, losing record in no, England. Not one, <laughs> not one fucking thing, right? Like, not I can't think thing, of one you know, thing that we got better at. The things that you would maybe give him credit for, for, like, playing the kids and bringing the kids, 
they forced that on him by yeah. getting rid of selling selling all the you know El Nene out on loan and uh, yeah and, if, uh, if he was if loan, he was leaving yeah, he was leaving Mkhitaryan out out of the squad to bring the kids in that would be impressive but he wasn't doing that right not until yeah. they got rid of him right they forced his hand which that's what they should be that's what they should have done right because they wanted the kids to come through and that's what the club kind of has to do when it's a head coach and not the you know manager um but yeah so i don't i don't credit him for anything i don't for what for 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 falling all over himself at the end of last season when we should have had fourth when he blew the europa league final i mean no nothing would you say it's it's a case of uh maybe finding out of you know you don't know what you want but you know what you don't want at that point with that type of management and, and leadership in a rebuilding period talk to me about my life <laughs> but you know it, it, it does give you some direction you make some mistakes about your yeah, i was like hold on yeah wait wait, wait and yeah. you know i hate to bring that in but there is, there is something about that where you may have learned that lesson from the organization if you're in the board you you find out that, that that quick fix doesn't work, and you see that with a lot of clubs right now in the league. Well, yeah, and it's always a big gamble, like making managerial changes. I mean, the big thing also, too, we had, you know, I think the buys that we got under Sven Mislintat were pretty good. You know, I like some of the players that we got in during that time. You know, not all of them have worked out, but pretty good. And then, you know, then we go and cut ties with him, and it's like, is, is Don Raul, this guy, is he really doing it? And, like, we're still – I mean, the jury's still out on him. It's not. It's not like – it was good that he got the deals done in the summer, right? And on paper, on paper, everyone was jealous of us for getting Pepe, right? He hasn't been lights out. <laughs> he has not been lights out. Lights are out. All right, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, like, but basically at that, in that moment in time, everyone else was jealous. Like, oh, fuck, this is a guy who you guys wanted for your front three. And then other people wanted, you know, you might have been willing to pay I don't think right. you would have broken into our front three. Well, even no, with but, but, but the price and, tag, and the- but, you know, the price tag, he was being rumored with only the biggest clubs. And so the fact that Art, we actually went and shattered our record and signed him to us was a, was a good sign. But would Dembele or Thomas Lamar would have been a better option, do you think, in um, hindsight? No. I, I don't I don't really think so. And Dembele's gotten hurt since then. And Thomas Lamar, I've been watching him at Atletico, you know, and it's not been much. About Memphis Dubai. Someone that has <laughs> no, 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 yeah. you know, farm but leagues D- doing D- all right. Dubai is what? He's like he's doing his like Wilfred Zaha, right? Doing well playing back in fucking France or something, you know, like oh, whatever. Showing up to uh Is that what Marseille or something? Uh, something like that. All right, so I got another question for you guys. Uh bigger Brazilian legend, uh Ronaldo, real Ronaldo? Or Gabe Martinelli? <laughs> Robinho. <laughs> Robinho! <laughs> For deadline day oh, uh, wow. antics alone. Deadline day antics. That was Robinho. Wait, he went, did he go to Chelsea he went to, after? He went to City instead City? of Chelsea. I think he even was, maybe he did, maybe he didn't sign that contract with Chelsea. <laughs> and then just told him, pulled the Nancy Pelosi and jumped ship. Tore it up. Yeah. Tear it up, tear it up. I like uh, Martinelli. There's obviously not much not to like about the kid. Um, I I do. Well, t- since just sorry to interrupt on that, but to you, to you, Kyle, the his style of play really reminds me of Suarez, just in terms of like the like his engine, the way he charges around up there, the tenacity. He's got a bit of a nasty streak too. Like he doesn't give a fuck. Like he he gets a little dirty. He's got that, but he's got that South American not not the kind that you're afraid of. It's like you're the, the Uruguayan South American that's like hard as shit. 
and like a nasty little bugger. Like I see that, and that tenacity like makes me think that he could be a world beater. You know, I'm, I'm making jokes about what he what he could be, but like he really does look like a has the caliber and the he doesn't look scared out there amongst grown ass men. I'd have to agree with you. Um, I don't want to bring my background into this at all but um I, I would have to agree with you whenever he was playing in a league cup i was extremely impressed with him i think most supporters were just lavishing with praise and i haven't really seen that tenacity out of a young player short of maybe a harvey elliott right now someone that's 16 and is just really punching up above his weight um but i think he got something special on the books right there and hopefully he gets the time and opportunity to to prove himself and become that that brazilian legend hopefully he doesn't get his head turned by spanish uh right yeah real madrid come suitors calling. and whatnot so i guess that's yeah tempered expectations because if he goes too well what is he you know i mean i mean, I mean look look, no, look nobody's calling him fucking mbappe yet right but you know it's like shit shit changes we'll see at least he well, left the farm right <laughs> All right, well, let's let's go back to the, to our biggest signing, though. Joseph, what are, what are your thoughts been on Pepe? Because it's definitely been a mixed bag from him so far. I think I think it's real tough to judge. I think he's got some great skill, and I think he can bring a lot to what we could be. But we're just so far away from uh, supporting him. You know, we have zero midfield. We have, I, I don't know. I mean, I think our midfield is about the 10th best in the league. So that's where we are. I think we our midfield's horrible. And um, I think it's, you know, he gets the ball and I think he creates uh, fouls and he creates uh, opportunities, but I just don't think we have anything around him to help. So I think it's been a learning experience. It's been tough six months in England, but I think he has the skill to really excel. Um, I just hope we have developed. Well, actually, I hope in the summer we go out and buy a real midfield. So fair. Well, and on that topic, we do have we do have a question from at hashtag Marissa, one of our San Diego Gooner homies, and she was asking, "Who do you think is the most improved player under Arteta?" Most improved player, David Luiz. <laughs> No, no, that's a good I mean, shout. Really, yeah. I honestly don't think. I, I mean, is Aubameyang better? No. Is Lacazette better? No. Is I think Torreira is the only other one I think that had a few maybe. games where he looked a lot better, but just because he's actually being played in the correct position. Right, but then he's not in the. He's not. You know, I mean, I think it's David Luiz. I think he's the he's the most improved player. I don't think any. I don't think you could say anybody. Leno was already our best player. <laughs> right. So right, I don't right, think he's right. improved. Was Granit Xhaka making the 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 squad before Arteta showed up? Well, he was frozen out with with good reason, and I mean, I, you He's know, frozen out for, for for I don't know, throwing a tantrum. Right, and but he was frozen out what for like a month or so, and then they talked to him. going to transfer him. Like, look, he's still fucking gone. Like, he's gone in the summer. It's just make so do. It's just make do till the end of the season. But I'm ready for the whole midfield to be gone. All of them. All of them. There's none of them you like. You don't like Guendouzi. You don't like any. You don't like Torreira. No, look, I like those players. I think it's, I think it's, we've added to their value, but I don't think they're world beaters in those positions. No. I think we've created value, and sometimes we need to cash in. And I would, we need a few world beaters in that midfield. I think you got to cash in on one or both of those. Sorry, so who do you sell? 
shocking and doozy. Either one of them. Whoever, whoever's going to bring us the most that we can reinvest. What about Lacazette? I saw, I saw either one, any, any of the midfield. What about Lacazette? Kyle asks. Bye. <laughs> I mean, he just he's, he just hasn't he's ever got value. Like, yeah, he he, he does still have value. We're nowhere near the top. We can we're there. We can't be. We're we're not going to kid ourselves about that. But but we're gonna lose we're, we're gonna lose Aubameyang in the summer too, right? I mean like that's like that's the one the tough thing about Lacazette. I would rather like if you told me one or the other, fucking bomb Lacazette out. Like sorry, dude. Like I like you, but this guy scores a tons of fucking goals, and you don't you score none. I, right. I I'd love to resign and extend Aubameyang. Of course. E- either way, I think Lacazette. I don't think he's the right player for. Well, I'm not exactly sure what the manager wants to do with his positions. But, mean, but you know what? Like I'm gonna try like. Also, I'm okay with, uh, you know, come next season, giving Martinelli starting minutes at fucking center forward. I mean, the thing with, uh, you know, getting rid of Lacazette, and maybe he's not going to be able to play this type of role, but uh, Roberto Firmino was a bust under Brendan Rodgers for season and a half. And now there's there's no one else like him at a false nine. So do you give him time? Do you wait for someone else to come in to to play him in a different role to maybe get the best out of him? I, like, I'm hoping that he can turn it around later in the season. But if it continues as it's been going now, right, we're, we're, half, we're a little over halfway through the season. If it if the form doesn't turn up, really, yeah, you got to cash on him because it's really not doing much. And basically, and I'm gonna I'm gonna trust Arteta on this because I don't I didn't really trust Emery. And if if he if he picks out the player that he wants, like I do trust his eye. Like I feel a thousand times better with him in charge because I just don't think like, like I think he sees it. And I think he gets it. So obviously results have to change, but you know, same thing, right? Like judging, a, judging a manager before he gets a chance to actually do anything. Like January windows, fucking nothing. We signed player on loan. You know, we, we didn't, we really didn't do much of anything. Two players on loan, two players on loan. One that's hurt for another fucking month. My opinion is both of these are partial payment for the agents right it's putting two players in the shop window that can get sold i think that's all it is i don't think we're going to find either one of these players on our squad next season i don't think so either i think it's just i think that's what suarez was last year yeah do you think these are assets that maybe they're waiting for someone like a Thierry Henry to come in to take charge and and maybe have some pieces to move around to rebuild a squad Henri would not do a better job than arteta I, i really don't think so like it, it's shitty because you're, you're asking about like club legends and bringing someone back in. Like I really think of our ex players, the one that is most ready to be a manager and doing it is the guy who we have now. And but, behind like, him is probably is probably Vieira. And and Vieira, I've never really he a he's never really done anything great with any of the teams he's coached. And I honestly, I think because of how good he is, like I think his arrogance and certain things about his character don't vibe well with with some of the younger generation. And I just well, I didn't say I'd want him. I just said yeah, that. Yeah, uh, agreed, agreed, I agreed. It would be Vieira. Agreed. Not t- Tony Adams. Like, <laughs> fuck out of here. <laughs> fucking Lee Dixon. That guy fucking kid. Like, I love Lee, but his commentary sometimes it leaves it leaves a lot. It's fine. I don't I don't care about commentary as long as they're you know. So there's no other Arsenal legend that you'd rather see driving the bus right now. Currently, no. Because because no. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's it's very clear. Because as much as I love Henri, Henri's my favorite Arsenal. Well, him and Burkamp. But uh, would you um, call your current manager an Arsenal legend? Um, no, not really. But he's a you know he he won FA Cups with us and he was a captain and so he's a he's a you know he's a real Arsenal man and he understands the values and the virtues. Like just because he didn't win any leagues with us, like he still was a really great servant to the club, 
and really em embodied all the values that we want out of it, you know, and like was a class act and he's, he's, he's a good dude. So. Right. Cause I think what you get at, at Arteta and you had as a player too, was he wasn't the best midfielder, right? We talked about him just grinding to get where he was, but he did that during the game. He was, you know, he well, put the effort in. And then part of that, part of that was like elite mentality, making up the difference between him and someone else that might've been a little more gifted physically. Right. You know, watching him in enough derbies, he also wasn't the most animated and that might be something that you want to see from a manager to lead by example is to not be heated, not be emotional that you might want to see from a legend to be a manager. I mean, they, they say the people that know people around him say that he, he actually is a fiery motherfucker in that he is like actually feared in certain circles that he doesn't have any problem with like having to be but like, like you said, he, he holds it, he holds it together very well in front of people. But, but what we hear is that he does not have a problem like being, being that guy or pissing someone off. And that's, and that's a good thing. You know, you gotta, you gotta fear the boss a little bit. And that's, you know, I think that's better to have a little bit of that than, than none at all. Did you have, who do you think is the most improved player under yeah, it's tough. I mean, I think Torreira would probably just have to be the only one that I would say other than what, you know, you're, you're right. I mean, I think David Luiz is the correct answer in terms of whose form has has gotten better. I mean, obviously, the, what he's been, but I do like what he's been doing with Shaka, the whole the whole left, like him dropping into left back, like left center back while our fullback bombs up. I think that's been useful for us and helped with solidarity for us defensively. So I've liked that, even though I don't really like seeing Shaka in there. So that that was a marked improvement for me. But right. I, I, I'd well, say it's we, Herrera other than than Luis. We have to have a defense that can deliver the ball, long ball, because our midfield sucks. Well, you know, next year That's why we bypass it. That's why we yeah, bypass it. Totally, totally. Yeah, it's, and it, it, I mean, other teams just walk right through it. They pick us apart in the midfield, especially good teams, right? Teams that are t around us in tenth, they have a little tougher time. But everybody else just walks through it, walks around, and spins us around, gets us out of position. It's it's less so with Arteta now. He's a little bit he's a lot more organized. But you know, it's not great. No. Well, hopefully, hopefully we'll start to see a little return on some of the investments being made. And like the you know, I think. This break in the Premier League season comes at a great time for us, right? Arteta gets a chance to take, you know, take these guys off for a little camp. Where are they at? Dubai or whatever? They're somewhere, yeah, so. somewhere, and you know, so like I think they got three days off. So, well, you know, like like he he never got he didn't get a preseason with the team and anything, so he can work on a little bit of that and building them together and building up their their team ethos and shit. So hopefully. You know, some of these draws start turning into wins. You know, even if we're out of Europe next year, it might not, you know, none of us like that, but it might not be the worst thing, you know, if you can come back and focus on your on your league campaign next year and get back into the top four. Because, like, top, right, top four, is, top four is done this year, right? We're not getting into there. Yeah, we're not. Like, we it, that, now, now it's like, can we, sure, if we go on a crazy run, we could be top six, but. Can we just get some wins? Right. Can we win? Can we win four more matches this season? <laughs> Fuck top four. Can we win four games? Yeah. Four fucking games. I don't even want to look at what our actual record is right now. I know I should have those things as like stats and shit. I'm not and looking. Stuff. No, I don't want to look. No, 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 no. And eleven or so. I don't know. Leave, leave that for the other fucking nerds to break down their, I stat, think their that, stat cast. I think DNA the L column for certain clubs are a little skewed, and I don't know who that may be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All right. Well, let's get to let's get to what we brought this motherfucker in here for. So we do have Anfield Cat here. Their club, Liverpool FC, is are closing in on Arsenal's all-time record of 49 consecutive matches undefeated. Um, Joseph, are you are you nervous about the uh, the proximity? They're they're 43 games in to their streak. The undefeated? No. I mean, if they get it, I mean that's fine. They deserve it. They're killing people. That's fine. Here's the thing: it's is not year, fine. No one's put up the fight that that you know. No one's put up a fight. Last year, the, they had you know they fought you know all well basically that entire 2019 they fought they they really earned to get where they were this season people people are just wilting away yeah people are going away they're they're giving up before they even show up so but but that's part of like the swagger and the fear that you bring in you know being the being the current european champions that kind of you know and like anfield has part you know definitely that i really give a shit about (laughs) yeah uh, you know, because ours should have been a hundred. Ours should have been a hundred if it, if it wasn't for that fiftieth game. We all know what happened. Yeah, I, the bullshit that happened. Right, man. We're not going to go in there. Look, he started telling. Listen, when when Kyle got here, he started bullshitting about how it should have been a much longer record because of what happened in the Man City game and the offside goal. And I'm like, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. And we had the Rooney fucking dive. So, uh, you know, spare me the spare me go the look fucking at the whole tears. match, not just the Rooney dive. Go look at that whole match. <laughs> I mean, every single call. Right now is going their way. Every yeah. VAR call is going their way. Every non-red card call is going there. You just you get the you just you just keep getting it right. Well, you're you're getting the breaks. It's it, uh, it's special. I, I'm just hoping. Yeah, that, you, listen, you gotta enjoy it. I my my stance is, I'm happy they're doing so well. I'm cool with them getting the league. I am cool with them winning back to back Champions Leagues. I just I do want to keep our undefeated record over them i don't want them to get a i'd be okay with them breaking our 49 but still losing one this season so they don't get the gold trophy like come on we're the we have the, the, we're the only gold the, premier league trophy i don't want them to have one fuck well, that shit well i i don't fuck either. that shit we're the only we're the, the only team will make ours they have so many more wins than we had that season well so so they can have the, they can have the they can have the fucking highest point total in the premier league history the greatest team of all time but what the one thing i don't want them to have is the undefeated all season shit and it's not personal. It's just I want to keep that. That's the one. That's the only thing we have left. We have nothing else. We have nothing else. It's been so long. We have nothing else. I mean, it's the only fucking thing have I still have. Team. We don't play good matches. The only the only game that we we've we've dropped points on this year was at Old Trafford, right? Do you know, do you know who scored that goal? Adam Alana, who's been a ghost for the past. Probably season and a half, maybe since he was just playing lights out. So yeah, I think the the, the league is rolling over here, absolutely. And you got to look at things like Roberto Firmino not scoring a goal at Anfield this year, which is absurd. Wow, that's wild. But him getting you plenty of goals away from home is pretty, away from home is getting it that, done. That's, that's and there's a lot wild. of one nils, two ones, and it's really grinding out these results. Which you know teams like Norwich and 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 bottom feeders have really given us trouble in years past. So, you know, success breeds success, and maybe that's why I think Arteta might be the right answer for y'all right now because of being around Pep for so long. So, um, you know, wherever the season gets us, I think the to get over the hump and get to 50 would be at Manchester city. But, um, I don't know. The unbearables is what you were calling us last season. 
before we even got to the point where we lost the league and still took the <laughs> European trophy for the sixth sixth time. But, but to be fair, that's more of a of a of a description of the fans, not the team. Yeah, that's definitely. Uh, I think I think I, th- I think it's a sign of supporting the team regardless, because I think uh, even whenever you look at a an FA Cup match that's not been broadcast for certain reasons and whatnot, still a sellout crowd at Anfield. And I think whenever you're looking at times that are as as dire as under Roy Hodgson, Anfield's still sold out. So as unbarreled as it may be, you know, others might call it loyal. Yeah, well, no, no, no one doubts the dedica- dedication of Liverpool fans. Like that's that's never been called into question. Like no, we we know. I, I never, I would never either. Yeah, and it's like, not like that, and like not even when clubs, but not that club. Yeah, not yeah, plenty of other clubs. But you know, and like even when it was even when it was really dark, when you had like King Kenny in, and it was like the Andy Carroll and all that, and like sure. Like that shit was ridiculous. That that, 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 that no, Andy no, no. Carroll won an FA Cup, on, you know, like you, yeah. maybe a League Cup, but like that, oh, that so, name. So, so he's a Liverpool legend too now. So we so Arteta's a legend because he won an FA Cup, and Andy Carroll's I mean, to, a to, Liverpool to, legend to film the shoes of Fernando Torres in the eleventh hour. Someone <laughs> call him a hero. Some wouldn't. But I mean, I think you know if Hold you have on, a no, successful no, no. run, Char- obviously Charlie you're get some... fucking Adam. Oy. Oh God, that piece of shit. Uh, you know. So he's a working working man, though. You know, he, he always put in a good shift. Very industrial tackles, that that man. Exactly. I think what was it? Uh, did didn't agricultural. Sir Alex, Sir Alex Ferguson said his left boot was worth uh, twenty million pound alone before we got him. Did so he? That, that was probably to drive the price up for you. Absolutely. I'm not <laughs> saying that. He was good at that. He was really good. At, he was ahead of the game with that shit. Yeah. So you know, definitely that Rooney dive to. <laughs> prevent you from getting to 50 i mean you you were doing in the in the ferguson era which was you know you're fighting uphill oh yeah both ways so to do 49 yeah, they, 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 were, they, were the, they were the darlings impressive. you know what i mean man united were always the darlings during that time but you know that is what it is so you um so you, you said so the two big matches that you have the, the two biggest struggles for you to cross that 49 to 50 threshold is you said you have a merseyside derby against everton in a, in a few matches and then and then you have the Man City match, which is basically because we, we don't face you till after, right? I mean, so I we didn't. We don't even get it. Arsenal don't even get a chance to break it, right? No, like, no, we'll, no, no, we'll no. get a and chance to break the undefeated season, but we won't get a chance to break the forty-nine. Absolutely, and if if Manchester City get the job done, and not to say that teams like Norwich and maybe I think West Ham and, and Watford, um, who I really have a my eye on on Troy Deeney who could just always get the job done oh, fuck on Troy his own Deeney. fuck Troy Deeney I'm, Absolute I'm just saying piece of shit useless what, there's there's been some there's been some history with the with these clubs that might have something to prove where they have everything to play for and that's about it that is their that is their cup final yeah um Troy Deeney if, can go first if Manchester City can even draw maybe you know, climb, you know, bring us down a little bit more. That That's what I'm worried about. But I think City, we're going to be up for that game. And, well, every, and, and, and they're, they're, they're going to be up be, for it too, though, because, I mean, the only thing, basically they're playing for pride against you there because it's not going to affect whether or not you guys win the league. That's already over. But they can ruin your perfect season. Now, riddle me this. If we do win the league before that game and they have to do a guard of honor before that game, is that not going to be added incentive to go out and maybe put in an extra tackle, play someone a little bit harder? They don't tackle. <laughs> well, that's that's also true. But watch how- them play the last month. They don't tackle. 
they don't tackle. You'll be fine. I'm also very worried about that Merseyside derby. I think is it's it might be the most. Um, hey, Car- Carlo at the wheel. He's he's done a little something for him, right? I mean, they've, they've he's been done all right. And the last one early in the season was pre- probably the most respectful Merseyside derby I've seen in maybe a decade. But uh, I'm worried about that one of just being able to, to to climb you know climb up to that level and be able to tear down this record that's basically unattainable and never yeah. been seen before. Um, there's going to be a lot to play for, and that manager, um, as you might admire a little bit more or be uh, a bit you know jealous of, he's going to get him up for that game. Hey, he and knows that that will absolutely be a cup final for Everton. Like, I mean, look, imagine First the chance they've had in how long. Right, exactly. But Carlos, Carlos won a lot of cups. Carlos won big fucking matches. He's beaten you and lost to you, right? Without Roman's uh, checkbook, I don't know. Hey, hey, I'm talking about AC Milan. I guess in, yeah. in, in Athens, yes. yes. In Athens, <laughs> okay. yes, he did. You guys went both ways, but he got you first. They already got. He already, he already has a Liverpool scalp in the, in the European Cup. So, One of the great managers in the game, period. Yeah, all time. Um, that's still active. Um, you know, well, I think and, that's, and, that's, and that's he, the game he, to watch. And, and, he's, and he's, a, he's a pro's pro, right? I mean, Carlo is like, yo, it's like we know, you know, people were talking about whether we wanted him to come in. And it wasn't, it wasn't that anything against Carlo. I would have taken him, but that's, we know that that's a temporary thing. At this, at this stage in his career, that's not a long-term thing. Yeah, I, I think that that's, it's going to be a tough game, but with the way the Liverpool Football Club midfield is operating right now with Gini Wijnaldum, which might be the best holding midfielder, I think, in England of ball retention, whatever else. Jordan Henderson, I think, is going to be looking at possibly the player of the season for Liverpool. <laughs> and I know it's a, it's a laughing matter. It 100% is. It's Someone, not a laughing matter. It's, it shows you what your manager has done. Yeah. What your manager and his team have done with those players. Because Wijnaldum was a good player, but he's not the player he is now under Klopp. And we all know about the duck walker was not that player before either. Well, I think he was also um, getting like to the duck. level that he is right now under Brendan Rodgers before he got injured at Chelsea. Whenever he did his knee in, uh, he was playing out of his mind. Um, he looked like uh, Gerard Incarnate coming back through. Um, and I don't say that lightly because he's such a controversial figure with the supporters. Jordan Henderson has showed up. He's put the work in. Yeah. Coming from Sunderland, working class, has never been a prima donna, has has come and done the work. If he hasn't proved himself, he has. And I think he's going to go down, depending on what happens this season, as a historical Liverpool football Clapton. Like, there's, there's no way that he is taking that armband from both James Milner and Van Dyke. Um, and, and doing the job that he's doing right now without having the ability at some point in time. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's been it's been great to see from him for him and what he's been doing for you guys. And it's, it's been an impressive run. Like, it's chip- not great to see. Stop lying. I mean, it's impressive, but it's not great to see. He's chipping in with some pretty amazing goals as well. Yeah, yeah, he's I- got a couple. You know, I, I do kind of see him kind of like the way his legacy changing is kind of the way Carrick's did too. Because Carrick didn't really play for a big club until he went to United. And that was like... He was late 20s when he went to United. He's right? a better player for Tottenham than he was United, I'd say. You think so? Absolutely. Probably. Because yeah. before Tottenham, yeah, right, always a small club player. Tottenham, yeah. West Ham. Like, <laughs> I knew, right? Only, only small clubs so he went to United. Yeah, but, you know, but, like, he kind of changed the narrative. Like, like yeah, as a, as a Spurs player, it's like, yeah, he's a fucking Spurs player. It's, he's, he's okay. He's pretty good. But, you know, he was able to – he was there for the last run of, 
of winning shit at United, and he was part of a team, and he ended up captaining the team for a while, and you're just kind of like, oh, fucking Carrick is, Carrick is the guy now. And so that's kind of, it's kind of like, I feel like the narrative on his career changed a bit once he kind of got to that level and then did it with more consistency. And that's kind of like, I, I feel like my opinion of Henderson has changed a little bit in that kind of fashion. It's very much so in the sense of, uh, or in the same vein as uh, Jimmy Carragher, right? I mean, not the greatest player out there, and I'm sure you've got some really choice words to say about him. However, Just a wee bit a vice captain under Gerard, and honestly, after Istanbul, just a legendary figure of what he leaves out on the pitch. Absolutely, would bleed for the badge, and um, you know, just someone that's really a. a an amazing story whenever you look at it, you know. Um, at the end of the day, you know, with the amount of effort that, that Jordan Henderson is going to put into every every 90 minutes that he has out on the pitch, what player do you see in your squad right now that would give out the same effort with the amount of talent that they have that, you know, maybe it's for the manager, maybe it's for the badge, maybe it's for the paycheck. But regardless of what the motivation is, who's going to put the effort in? Because it's sure as shit not someone like Mesmer Ozil from time to time. And, you know, David Luiz, as improved as he may be, you know, I, I think I might be a little more impressed as, you know, Rafa Benitez playing him as a holding midfielder under Chelsea. I mean, who's the person that's going to step up in the tough areas, the back line, the middle of the park where the match is, is won or lost? You know, I think that's, is Arteta the person that's going to motivate those those players with the potential to get to the next level and maybe take you through to the next generation. Yeah. I mean, there isn't, you know, there are, there are a couple guys like I do see, I understand Joseph's standpoint on like maybe selling Gunduzi, but he also seems like a guy can grow into a bigger player and could become a bigger influence that midfield to be, you know, be more of a heartbeat of the team potentially, you know, cause like for his age and for his size, like he's going to get stronger you know, and he's already pr- pretty well able to, cap- you know, handle the, you know, he's capable of handling the physicality of the league already, like pretty well for a kid that's 20 years old, you know, and and so like he's going to get stronger, all that. Like it's, that's a guy who I could see doing something. I'm still not certain about him. You know, I'm not so like whether or not he's going to make it out. Like I think he's going to be a good pro, whether, you know, like he, he you know, he filled in the, in the French national team for Pogba when Pogba was injured. So he's getting, you know, he's moving up. But the question is, is he really going to be, good enough to be like a starting French national team center midfielder. I think that is his potential, but whether or not he realized that is that that's yet to be seen. Um, next year, you know, we have Saliba coming back, the the defender that we signed and we sent back on loan. I'm really interested to see what he does at center half because we need a center back so badly. We probably need two center backs. So we, we need one more. He's, we, have, we have eight at the club. Well, get rid of him. Yeah. <laughs> get rid of him. <laughs> Off with their heads. Mustafi so, can go fuck himself. Other than center back, I mean, you're talking a lot about the middle of the park. Who's been injured that's really been the, the talisman that you've been missing? No, we don't have one. We don't have one. We don't have any midfield. That's, I think that's the yeah. thing. Is Ozil, Shaka are supposed to be like our, our most expensive midfielders, right? Those are our most expensive midfielders currently. Shaka and fucking Ozil. We have nothing. It's not, it's not good. No one coming through the ranks. No one on. No, on the, like Ainsley, I mean, Ainsley Maitland Niles. Like, I don't really see him as a center midfielder. Not more of a wide player, yeah. Nope. Well, but before, you know, well, Arsene used to talk about him being a center midfielder when he when he would get, when he grow up, but. He's not going to be. I don't think so either. 
Jesus. Hey, how about uh, how, how's Oxley Chamberlain working out for you? I know he just came back from injury. It's just kind of it's kind of same thing with him, right? He looks pretty decent in, in in spurts, and then he gets hurt for a couple months, right? Is it has it been any different than that? Or I mean, I think that that's always been his um, that's always been his experience. Um, some friends of mine from um, South Coast uh, grew up with the guy and always had great things to say about him, uh, even before he got to Arsenal. Um, play alongside him in, in youth academies and always kind of had uh, a soft spot in my heart for him. You know, you'd think he'd be this new, you know, Theo Walcott figure of the, this kid that's coming through for England or, or or to just really set England on fire. But as soon as he's come to Liverpool Football Club, um, you know, obviously there's injuries and, and fitness levels that you have to deal with playing under Jurgen. It's a, it's a different animal. It looks like heavy metal football is different than your classic rock football, um, you know, maybe that you've seen before. Uh, he's had some injuries, but anytime he's been called upon, he's popped up with some great goals. And I also believe he's got some of the only goals from outside the box that we have this season. That's pretty much what he did for us. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty much, he yeah, would, on course. Pretty much just when he was on, he would be amazing and then and then he'd put in those goals but then he'd get injured and then his i don't know mystique would grow while he was out and we'd get him back and then he'd get it i mean i think we all lo- love the player yeah you know I, I don't think i don't know any i mean i i, I, I was hyped on him because I, I i interact with no one was ever pissed that he left or anything it was uh good luck you know totally and, and I was hyped on him because, look, listen, you know, Theo Walcott is Joseph's special child, and he loved him, loves him so. Sorry, not loved, loves him so. But when we got when we got the Ox, I was like, no, this guy, this is the guy who's going to be our wide player. That's that's what I thought then. But I mean, obviously, injuries get in the, get in the way of those things. Um, let's uh, let, let, let's wrap this up, though, guys. We uh, the season, there's not a lot left for us. This season, I'm tr- I'm trying to like think like what are what are the tangible goals that I have for for, for what we're going to finish this season. I mean, obviously for your team, the goal is not just winning the league. Obviously, that's the biggest goal. That's what you have to do. But the undefeated season is probably what you guys even are more. I think I've seen too much to just do nothing more than take it one game at a time. Um, obviously, not sitting there and doing what United fans are doing in the pubs around here these days of, you know, chanting hate and whatever else. Just just really in, enjoying the ride, first and foremost. Um, I mean, Champions League was my birthday last year, and that was hey, that, was and that final time. goal. I, I couldn't even celebrate. I think I just... <laughs> broke down and started crying you know scoring on my birth year to, to seal it yeah so um hey, even we were happy for you hey i, I was in i was in <laughs> the pub with him huh? i was at, i was at the cock and bowl in santa monica with this this guy and his, and his pops and shit and it was it was a great listen and watching those couple fucking spurs fans they showed up, the bar was full of liverpool fans there were like four tottenham fans in the back yeah I don't so, know why I stuck around. I that think, shit was hilarious. I think the <laughs> wave that we're riding right now is something special. And I think that anyone that just as a neutral is going to appreciate it. Obviously, you're going to gain some bandwagon fans that you've seen with with a lot of successful clubs. But one game at a time, I, I think that getting one over City, doing the double over City would really be the icing on the cake, whether we win out or not or don't lose and get the golden trophy like you're saying. I don't think that's what we're out for. I think we've already made the statement. I think to maybe even put the final nail in the coffin for Pep to do the double over Everton would be amazing. Um, 
and to to be able to go to Emirates, I think, and be able to sing uh, something about your 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 number you're so fond of. Um, in hindsight, would be Shut something up. special, but that's going to be a cup final for y'all, and I think oh, that yeah. might be oh, what yeah. you, what you really have to play for. Um, oh, but that, everyone's going to be up be for our... everything, so every every match is you're just right. so in- increased high scrutiny, level. and you're and you're going to be facing everyone, even though a bunch of people in the league have rolled over for you. Everyone that faces you the rest of the way out, it is. It's a it, 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 yeah, and it, but if no, well, no, not everyone will. Not everyone will. Like, they that, roll that, over. It's it, they roll over. It's for, not for, as bad for as the ones season. But they roll over. But look, for the ones that it matters to, the you guys have already played, played United twice, right? You already beat them again or something, right? Uh, yeah, that's where, I mean, yeah. Lalana tied it up over there, and then Mo with the, the at the death to yeah. send them to Rapture. That I mean, and that's probably going to be our, our, our championship moment right yeah. there is is doing the double win. Yeah, I guess I guess my goals for Arsenal this season are like, I guess I think six. I think sixth place is attainable. I'm not going to be that mad if we don't get it, but we'll put like my aspirations of what I think the best the team can do. Sitting at what right now? We're tenth place, right? Tenth or eleventh? Yeah. There's only a few points separating. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it is, but it's, it's still five Has above the the table. It totally, wins to get there, it takes man. wins, and, we, and we're wins. like, I'd I'd take a couple more losses, give me a win, fucking more than once every six matches, and we can do it. Like it's literally just a couple points. We could have jumped to fifth place if we'd won a couple weeks ago, you know. And we just continue to draw. There are goals in that squad, though. And you, I guess you got to keep the faith no. in the stands to, to egg them yeah. on. But it's the motivation. Yeah, really. let me know. We'll, we'll try. There are goal in that squad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, not many. Not many. So we're, we're going to need to see a lot. So, I mean, guess basically, you know, I think we could put together a good Europa League run again. You know, I don't really want to go to another final and fucking lose it again the way we did um, last year. But I mean, look, we could even get into the Champions League through that. That's a possibility. That would be, that's pie in the sky. But we made the final last year. It's not the craziest thing if this team plays better that you can at least make, let's say, like a semifinal run in the Europa League. And who knows? Maybe you can go to the final. You're still in the Champions League, right? You're still if you in win the it, run? if you win it. So it's not impossible. No, we could be in tenth place and we could fucking be in the Champions League. You got to believe. Remember, remember Chelsea did it with the fucking. Um, I mean, that's how we got in in, in two thousand five. That's remember, how we remember, got remember in because how, I think. Yeah. Was, <laughs> well, do you remember? You remember Chelsea? Remember Chelsea winning it to then usurp Tottenham and Tottenham got fourth place and got knocked out. Of it. <laughs> and like we, we had to win on the last day to like get third to jump over them. So like they basically gave up third on the last day of the season. And then because Chelsea won the fucking Europa or the Champions League, whatever the fuck they were in, they, they got Tottenham got dropped out in the most Tottenham way possible. Do you think you'd recruit better talent over the summer if A, you win the Champions League or B, well, you we're, we're not we're not winning the Champions six. League. Uh, well, well, six, six, sixth place gives us Europa, and that's okay. It's okay. it's not good. Shows a little bit more consistency, though. A little more consistency. You know, you're still playing European football, so it, it would be better for us if we got sixth place. But obviously, winning the Europa League and getting into the Champions League would be the best fucking thing because we have been there. Down. Yeah. You know, so if if we can win Europa and we finish tenth place, I'll laugh about it more. I'd almost rather do that and win it to get in because then. It's going to piss off more people. That would be absurd. It would be absurd. Nothing that good happened. No, no. But look, we look. We, we were in the Europa League final last year. I mean, we'll probably end up playing another big team. have to beat someone that's particularly good. It's a great game. Wasn't that a it's London not, Derby? It was, not, it was not a great game. It, we was, it was not a great game. They were not good. I couldn't even get into the Fox. Uh, yeah. I had to go to the overflow. I went to uh, residuals, you know, that, that dive bar. Down across the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right around the, the city, across, across from the Fox. Yeah. Might as well yeah. just go to 
Margaritaville up there. No, 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 no. They were, they were, they were like legit just doing the overflow. It was still full of fucking fans. God damn. It was probably like twenty Arsenal fans, thirty Chelsea fans in the overflow spot. But yeah. a lot of the other Arsenal guys got there early for our pub for you know obvious reasons. But so I got a question for you, real yeah. quick. Um, yeah. I've been asked a lot of questions tonight. If Liverpool, first question, will Liverpool go undefeated this season? And if they do, will they be better than the Invincibles team? Question one, no. Question two, yes. Whether they win or lose, they will be better. Well, no, 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 no. You said you said one, then two. Yeah. First um, question: Will they go? Will they go undefeated? I said no. They're not. No, because I mean, look, the by the law of averages and the way every other season's gone down, there has been one undefeated season in history. So even though you can start to see the fucking, you know, we're we're not at the finish line or the last leg yet, there's still enough matches that it's like, yo. Like everyone, every dog has his day. Something goes wrong. A red card in the first half, you know, some, an own goal. I think you know, Preston like, North End did it in like 1896. Yeah. Like well, that. that's the only, so that's the only other one. Yeah. But in the Premier League era. Yeah. Um, should they go undefeated or not? Will they be better than your invincible squad? Uh, they'll probably be the, the greatest ever Premier League team. Yes. But the, the only asterisk is going to be that they weren't undefeated. So you're gonna you're gonna set the records totals for like most goals scored, most points ever, all that. I like don't everything think else. Mo- most goals like, scored is impossible. I think City okay. City's C- City winning have, team uh, of a couple, couple years, years back, ago yeah. have kind of locked that in, unless we average like four plus goals okay. a game. So, so they, yeah, they, they murked that one a couple years back. I forgot about that. Yeah. But so points points wise, I think. But, we point, can still but points, that. I think points wise is a fair representation. Like, hey, we won the league, and yeah, who kept one fucking loss? We have 110 points, right? Like, right, because what are you guys on pace if you win out, right? You guys. Can I think like, we need six more wins to, to lock up the, the title, which right. would be before the City game. Mm. Or it but, could be the City game. Right. I don't know, it depends on what happens. Well, hopefully right? you draw at least one or two, so that at least it's like, the, that it could be like the title decider, you know? Yeah. Or like, maybe that's where you could clinch it. Joseph, do you think that uh, if Liverpool, w- will they go undefeated um, if they do? Or if they don't, will they be better than the Invincibles team of years past? I think they do go undefeated. Uh, So if they do, then they will be. I think because of the dominance that they showed through this year. Gross. None of that happens. (laughs) I mean, it's hard to believe, you know, that, that, you know, I mean, you guys had a lot, if I remember right, as the season's gone along, you had a decent amount of injuries at the beginning. How aren't you guys pretty well healthy at this point? I mean, Adrian, Adrian was our keeper for like uh, four or five games to the beginning. Um, right. The the one thing I will do and knock on wood is uh, it, it comes down to Van Dyke, right? If Van Dyke gets injured, it's a completely different animal. Oh, what well, you had to go put that out in the atmosphere, huh? You wanted to put that out, just that idea. Speaking that to Mary. the boy, it'll speak back to me. You know, it's it's the elephant in the room, so to speak. Okay, okay, yeah. Well, that's well, that's, that's the big thing, you know. And also, it's, that's, and history doesn't really remember those things, even though we will remember those little details. But it's like when they talked about, right, like like Bynum being injured and missing the finals for the Lakers, right, years ago, and they lost, lose the Celtics. No one talks about that. People talk about the fact that the Boston Celtics won the fucking championship, you know. And then when we beat the Celtics, Kendrick Perkins was out for them, and they didn't have their center in that series. But you know what? No one gives a fuck. We won the title. 
you know? So in the end, like we can all, like, that's always going to be something. And we knowing this particular details, we'll be like, oh, well it's fucked. We were, we were on point until that injury happened. It's like, yeah, but you know, the, them's the breaks. Like that's how shit goes. So yeah, that's, that's the one, that's the biggest, that would be the one player that would have the biggest impact on, on that for you guys, because you could lose one of those front pieces and the rest of the guys will pick up some of the slack and you have other players. And, you know, you've got, um, really world-class players. Like, uh, I gotta say, uh, Joe Matip, um, club legend, Dejan Lovren, um, who just would probably be able to fill those shoes immediately should anything happen. Um, but I think, uh, in a, in a game like against Everton, definitely they're going to be, they're going to be targeting them. But, uh, Joseph, would they be better? Than the invincibles. He said yes. You said yeah. Don't what, don't make him yeah. fucking say it again. You okay. dick. We we, we allow <laughs> you on the first question. You allow you allow you onto the fucking Arsenal. We allow you onto fucking Arsenal podcast. Talk about your fucking team breaking our record. And now you're just like busting our balls about how you're gonna be better than our best ever fucking team. I don't right? have this opportunity. You guys aren't. Right. You guys are already like when you win the league, you'll be the better team, but you won't be the undefeated one because you're gonna fucking lose a game. So you heard it here fo- first, folks. They might break forty nine, but they're not going the whole fucking season undefeated. And we're like, we'll, we'll look, but we'll, we'll have you back on again if we get to, if we get to the record-breaking game, and if we get to that point, maybe it's going to come down to facing Arsenal towards the end of the season. We'll have you back. We can talk more about it then, you know, in build-up and anticipation. We'll have to watch that match together, that and the City match. I will watch that with you, Kyle. I will. I will do that. We will. We will get to the pub for that. Absolutely. I look forward to it. I'm sure we'll be just knocking in goals all over the place by then. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. Hey, 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 hey. Midfield. Yeah, half halfway, half fucking line. Half fucking line goals. Well, anyways, hey, thanks so much, guys. Great to get back on the Pinecast with you fine fellows. Uh, you can follow these lovely dudes on Twitter. You can follow Kyle at AnfieldCat420. You can follow Joseph at I Hate Your Club and me at Morning Pint. Um, so until until we will be back before the end of the season, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> Famous last words, and I've said that shit before. But that is the plan. We should, we'll be back to preview that with Kyle again another time. I do have a couple of guests I've been talking to, so we hope to be back with more frequency soon. Um, so we're going to leave you with some music. Uh, this is going to be a song from Tame Impala called Posthumous Forgiveness. And they have a new album dropping next week where you can find that shit. Valentine's Day. And the, and, and the song you heard in the introduction was Red Eclipse by Yelfris Valdez. A, uh, a Cuban trumpet player. Pretty dope track. So, anyways, until next time, we'll catch you later. Thanks. Bye, guys. Bye. Cheers.